It's always a wonderful opportunity to spend time in God's Word with God's people. I'm thankful to be able to continue a series that we've been in for several weeks, a series called Why, and today we want to look at a question, why pray? You ever ask that question? What is the purpose of prayer? Why are we called to be people of prayer? Why pray? I mean, does prayer really make a difference? Does God really hear us when we speak to Him? Why pray? Does it change our circumstances? Does it it change God's actions toward us? Why pray? Well, I think the question is important for us to ask as God's people, but we took the opportunity to go and ask some people in our community, one of our ministry partners, Sigal Creative, went to the streets and asked some folks inside the Covington area why they pray. Let's look. Why do you pray? It gives me hope. To build a closer relationship with God and just give Him all my problems and it just makes me feel better. I pray because God listens and because he gives hope. So I pray because there's so much craziness that goes on in the world and there's so much uncertainty just in my life and and just in general. It gives me like a sense of ease and comfort and just makes me feel safe. I pray because I want to have a closer relationship with Jesus on a daily basis. I pray because I think it makes God seem more real Um, It's really easy to think of him as this kind of cloud of a being up in the sky um, that has some control on our lives down here, Um, but he's so much more than that. He's a father, he's a friend, and he listens, and I think that that makes um, our faith and the God we follow seem a lot more real, um, seem a lot more like a father and a friend, and so that to me helps me refocus on him um, and just kind of bring everything into focus. Yeah, maybe you can relate to some of the things that uh, those on the video had to say. I don't know what you learned from that video. One thing maybe we can learn is that of every seven people that pray, six of them are female. Uh, Maybe you can uh, look at the video and (laughs) deduce that. Why do you pray? If you do pray, why do you pray? Perhaps you don't. And there are reasons sometimes in our lives when we don't pray. I know of five that come to my mind. The first one is just doubt. Sometimes we don't pray because we doubt that God will hear us. We doubt that maybe God cares about what we have to say. Maybe we even doubt whether or not God can do anything about what we are going to pray to him in regards to. Sometimes our lives are just filled with distraction. We're so busy from the time that we wake up to the time that we go to sleep that our lives are filled with so many distractions and we have in our hands these devices or we sit in front of these these, uh, media devices that distract us from spending time with God. Maybe you don't spend time with God because of dysfunction in your life. I mean, when you look at your life and you examine your life, it's filled with chaos 
is, is filled with points of, of dysfunction. You know that there are crevices in your life that are not godly, they're not holy. And the last thing you want to do is invite God into conversation with you because he might want to discuss some of the things that are out of line in your life. Sometimes we don't talk to God because of disappointment. Because the last time we talked to him, it seems like the response that he gave us was exactly opposite of what we hoped for or expected or wanted. And so therefore, we consider prayer quite dangerous because we've been disappointed in the past because we talked to him and the results we didn't like. Or perhaps we don't talk to him in prayer because we're already decided. And we don't invite him into a conversation because we've already decided what we want. We already have decided how we want it. And we already decided that we're going to go ahead and get whatever we want. And if we enter into conversation with him, he might redirect us away from what we really want. Why do you pray? What motivates your prayer life? Jesus spent three years of earthly ministry preaching and teaching his disciples and others about the kingdom of God. And to be his disciple meant that you were trying to align your life with him in every possible way. If the disciples were going to be true disciples, then they were going to be people of prayer because when they looked to Jesus, what they saw was a person who spent time in prayer with God. And if they wanted to become like Jesus, they must become people of prayer. If you and I want to be a disciple of Jesus, we have to be people of prayer. What motivates your prayer life? For me, I've come to this summation that when we value God's company, rather than the compliance, his compliance with our request, we will then begin to value prayer over silence. What motivates you? To pray. Well, if Jesus' disciples are going to be people of prayer because they're following their master who was a person of prayer, then we need to know how to pray. Jesus thankfully gave us some instructions on how to pray. He taught his disciples. In the longest sermon that was recorded of Jesus in the scriptures, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, here's what Jesus has to say instructing his disciples on how to pray. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, and they love to pray on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray... 
Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus spoke of a sure reward for those that would pray. But he spoke about two different kinds of rewards. The first reward would be received by the one who he called the hypocrite. The one who loved to stand in the synagogue, the one who loved to stand on the street corners, and the one who liked to speak loudly towards the heaven, but he wasn't the seeking the audience of one, he was seeking the audience of all of those around him. He didn't want a God in heaven to hear him. He wanted people on earth to hear him. He wanted not the applause of heaven. He wanted the applause of the people surrounding him. And he got his reward in full. But Jesus spoke of, a, of another reward. A reward for those that aren't seeking the applause of man, but the attention of God. He spoke to them about a reward that was possible for people who would pray. What is this reward that is being offered to us as we become people who pray like Jesus prays? Well, the first one is this. The first reward is that we get to communicate in conversation with our creator. Think about the weight of this thought that you and I get to communicate with the creator of the universe. I was thinking the other day how simple my life is sometimes in regards particularly to the people that I've been able to meet in life. Have you met anyone famous in life? I was thinking the other day, I haven't met too many people that are famous. Have you? The people that you've met that were famous, what kind of conversation did you have with those people? Fact is, one of the reasons that I haven't met a lot of famous people is because I haven't sought to find them, and they certainly haven't sought me out. 
However, I know that there, there's something in us that loves to move into the presence of the famous, maybe to have even a short conversation, maybe one of the, a selfie pic, whatever the case may be. We, we would love to have a conversation with those that we look up to for some reason. Someone that is famous, we would love to have a conversation with those people. Sometimes we buy tickets, we stand in lines, we, we battle the son so that we can have just a brief moment with someone who is famous. I tell you, I haven't had many opportunities to meet many famous people. And those that I have met, I don't remember much about a grand conversation. But my friends... I have spent time talking with the creator of the universe. You see, one of the rewards we have in prayer is that you and I get to spend time in conversation with the creator of the universe. Is your, has your news feed been flooded with the pictures from the James Webb telescope? a new look into outer space that is showing us new, deep images of what once was unknown and unfathomable. The picture is up here on the screen of one of the pictures that was sent back to earth for us to see and appreciate that came from this telescope. And what you see in this picture is just a glimpse at the billions of galaxies that are present in the universe. And the Bible tells us that we have a God who created all of it. Think about this. The God who has created millions and what they say billions of galaxies has invited you and I into a conversation with him, to speak with him one-on-one, that you and I have an opportunity in prayer to speak to the creator of the universe who created what we are just now discovering. I love Psalm 147. Here's what the psalmist says in verse four, that God determines, he determines the number of stars and he calls them each by name. I love verse four, but I skipped over verse three. But when you put verse four with verse three, the picture's even more amazing. Verse 3 says this, Psalm 147.3 says, God is the one who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. What was the psalmist thinking, putting these two thoughts right next to each other? The one who is able to name the billions of stars within the billions of galaxies is also the same God who is personal enough to mend the wounds and the brokenhearted of the individuals who call on his name. Isn't he a great God? that he could create universes and and galaxies. 
but he also can see you and your need and your heart. And he invites us into his company to have conversation with him. One of the great rewards of prayer is that we get to have a conversation with our creator. But there's another reward. We get to become familiar with our father. Did you notice when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray? He talked about a father that could see. Even though we can't see him with our eyes, he sees us in the secret places. He's our father. In fact, when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, pray this way, our father. John chapter 1 is a, is a unique recording of scripture, of creation, in scripture of, of creation. But in verse 12, here's the declaration that for all who believe, that all that receive Christ, they become children of God. One of the great rewards that we have as people of prayer is that we get to become familiar with our Father as His children. We get to discover His will, His way, His heart, and His work. We are invited into His company where we get to see His will, understand it, and see it come into fruition. This is where He says that, Father, our prayer, our Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God has invited us to understand his will, the work of his kingdom that is being done here on his earth. And we are invited into a relationship with him to participate with him in his work as his children. To understand that we are great recipients of his great provision. He's the one that that gives us everything we need, beginning with our daily bread. But we're not just recipients, we're also participants in his work, called to see where he is at work and to, to join along. How are you ever going to know what God wants you to do if you're never in conversation with him? God has gifted us as the creator of the the universe and the, the creator who invites us into conversation. He reveals himself to us in and through prayer. It's where we're able to speak to him, but it's also where we're able to receive word from him through his spirit who dwells in us. We are able to communicate with our father through the divine word that he's entrusted to us. We're able to hear from our father and we're able to join in his work because he is our father. A third reward is that we get to spend time with our savior. I mean, it's, it's this opportunity in prayer 
that we get to spend time with the one who makes praying to the Father possible. One of the glorious things about being a believer in Jesus Christ is that we have direct access to God. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to go to a pastor in order to pray to the Father because there is one mediator between God and man, and his name is Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is the one who connects us to the Father and makes it possible for us to speak with him. And it is in prayer, where we get to spend time not only with the Father, but also His Son, our Savior. Here's one thing you're going to to note is that that when you spend time with the Savior, it's going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's presence and respond to God's worth. Let me tell you where prayer will move you. Prayer, deep prayer will always move us to praise. It will always move us to worship. That's why it's important before you come into this place to be a person that's already filled with God's presence through prayer. Because prayer is always the genuine kingdom-minded prayer is always going to lead us to be people of praise. It's when we spend time with our Savior that we're also we're reminded of His great work on our behalf and we're also reminded of our great worth. Some of you came in here defeated, discouraged. Some of you walked in here feeling like you've been discounted by the world. I tell you what, when you spend time with your Savior, He'll remind you of your worth. You are worth so much to Him that He left heaven itself and came here to do a work that you couldn't do for yourself. So he might bring you into a right kind of relationship with a father in heaven because you matter that much. You, You may feel one way as you come into this place, but my friend, if you'll spend time in prayer and you'll spend time with your Savior I think that you're going to realize once again just how valuable you are. We also are able to remember his his power to to forgive and to to deliver us. That's what he says in verse 12 and 13. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When we spend time with our savior, we're able to spend time with the one who has set us free. The one who has forgiven our debt of sin. The one who allows us to stand before a holy God blame. This is what we are able to experience. This is the reward of spending time with our Savior is we're spending time with the one who set us free. We're also spending time with the one that is able to deliver us 
from the evil one. Not just deliver us from the evil one, but deliver us to the place that God has purposed for us. Delivered us to the possibility to become the people that God has created us to be. This is what our Savior has done for us. This is the possibility of the reward that has been extended to us through the gift of prayer. How can we remain silent? How could we remain silent when we've been given an invitation from our creator to move into conversation with him? How can we remain silent when we have been given the opportunity to become familiar with our father in heaven? How can we forfeit the opportunity to spend time with a savior who has done such a great work on our behalf? See, there is a mark of all believer. And that one mark that shouldn't be a mark of believer is prayerlessness. The mark of the disciple, the mark of the one who follows Jesus is a mark of prayer. A mark of a person who engages in conversation with a God who sees even when we can't see him. Psalm 139 says, you have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. See, don't want to spend time with God in prayer to inform him. No, we spend time with God in prayer so that he transforms us. God doesn't need to be informed of what's going on in your life. He invites us into his company so that we might be transformed in the encounter. It's not about trying to bend God's will towards us. Or our, will, or our will towards God. It's about understanding this is your will, God, and I want to be in full alignment with your will. God invites us into this relationship where we can communicate with him in prayer. But how do I do this? How do I become a person of prayer? I want to give you three ideas that might help you become a person of prayer. These are ideas that I have tried to apply to my own life, and I hope that you will consider them this morning as well. The first one is this, pray before you go. I call this a prayer of anticipation. Psalm chapter five, verse three says, in the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. Before you get out of the bed, or better yet, after you have that first cup of coffee, before you leave the house, spend time in prayer. Let this be a prayer of anticipation. It's where you go over your calendar with God, where you go over your to-do list with God, where you pray over the difficult conversations or difficult relationships in your life. It's where you lift up those that you love. Before you leave the house, you have prayed 
and given your day, a day of anticipation to a God, and you've asked him to meet you along the way. It's prayer before you go, but also it's a prayer as you go. I call this a a prayer of participation. I love this quote from Elizabeth Browning. It says, earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. Think about how much of earth is really filled with heaven. I mean, we see it in a, in a sunset. We, we look at it in a creature that crawls on the ground. We look at it from pictures that come back to us from space. We see it in the, in the, in the eyes of an infant. We look around in our creation and we see the fingerprint of God. But if we become people of prayer and we pray as we go, when we pray this prayer of participation, we will see the holy moments the sovereign moments that God has inscribed and prescribed for us day by day where his holiness and heaven itself has come to earth and it's an opportunity for us to encounter and experience and see him do great things in us, around us, and through us as we become participants of the kingdom of God a prayer of participation where you pray as you go. God, give me the eyes to see as you see. See people as you see them. See encounters as God ordained as I need to see them. Pray as you go. How many times in a day do you come across a person who you know their situation needs to be a point of prayer? How many times do you reach out and tap that person on the shoulder and say, I know you're going through a lot. And then we follow with this statement. Sounds so eloquent. I'm going to be what? Praying for you. My friends, next time you reach out and tell someone you're going to be praying for them, why don't you just stop and pray with them? See, prayers of participation means that, hey, God, I want to see how you are at work in the present, and I want to join in. I want to practice your presence moment by moment, day by day. Some go to what maybe is seemed as an extreme where they set an extra dinner plate at the table or they buckle their passenger seatbelt even when no one's in the car with them. Why? Because they're trying to recognize the reality that God is among us and that he is in us. Practice his presence. Thirdly, pray after you go. I call this a prayer of reflection. It's where you look back over the landscape of your, your day and you, you recognize the moves that you made and the motives behind those moves, the successes and the failures. It's an opportunity to, to reflect, to remind, to redirect our minds as needed and ultimately lead us to a point of full rest in God. 
The psalmist in 63 verses 6 through 8 says, On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. This prayer of reflection is where we're able to look back over our life and say, God, this is where at the beginning of the day I asked you to bless my encounters. This was throughout the day where I I asked to be able to recognize your presence. And that prayer of reflection at the end of the day is where you're able to journal either on paper or in your mind exactly how God responded to your request. You a person of prayer? Are, are, are you a person who prays before he or she leaves the house, before you go? Are you a person who prays as you go, move through life, as busy as it is? Are you a person of prayer? Or has your prayer life been compartmentalized around three meals where you say the same prayer over and over? Is that your prayer life? Is that what you think? God has invited his people to be segmented into just a a small portion of our lives where we fill our guts? Or could we become the people of God he created us to be? People who understand the reward of prayer the reward that is possible, a reward where we understand that we've been invited into a conversation with our creator, that we have been invited to become familiar with our father, where we've been invited to enjoy the company of our savior as we spend time with him. What marks your life? Prayerfulness or prayerlessness? If you want to know why your spiritual life lacks vigor, it's probably because you have discounted the possibilities and the opportunities of prayer. Would you reconsider right here, right now, what it means to be a person of prayer? Let's pray together. Father, perhaps a lot's moving through the minds of those in this room now, thinking about what it means to be in conversation with you, the one that they cannot see with their physical eyes, but hope for in the deepest places of their hearts. Father, would you speak to each person in this room today? And for those that are joining through the live stream, would you also penetrate their hearts with the reality, God, that your reward has been made available to those who will earnestly seek your face. 
Let us cling to the promise that if we will seek you, we will find you. If we seek you with all of our hearts, God, give us that kind of hunger for you in prayer. Let us become the people of God individually and collectively that are filled with divine power and divine purpose and divine presence because we are people of prayer. Let us be those people, Father. Make us into people of prayer. Father, in this time of invitation, may you be glorified as your people respond to you, to your work in their lives.